When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. How you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. The Richard Jewell travesty that happened 24 years ago at the 1996 Summer Olympics in Atlanta, well, we haven't learned anything from that. 24 years ago, and we haven't learned a damn thing. The media in our country, it's gotten worse instead of better. I'm telling you, they haven't learned a damn thing. So like I said, listen up, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. All right. So this past weekend, over the weekend, it was Saturday night, my wife and I are home and was looking for something to watch. I'm a big, if you've, you've heard me, if you heard me on my podcast, or in particular on the radio, I'm, I'm a big movie guy. Uh, But anyway, I'm very familiar with the Richard Jewell situation. But, you know, sometimes when I'm so familiar with the story, I don't care to watch the movie about it because in my mind I'm not learning anything new. And, you know, that that's really not fair because acting is acting. And, you know, you want to see how it's performed and, you know, how they tell the story. So anyway, this Richard Jewell situation, uh, for any of you who who are not familiar with Richard Jewell, Richard Jewell was the uh, security man at the 1996 Summer Olympics uh, who was a hero who was turned into a suspect. Uh, Long story short, in case many of you are for some reason are not familiar with it, he found a bomb. one or two people were killed, like a, like something like 110 people were injured, but there would have been a lot, a lot more deaths had he not found it. But uh, there was a story, and um, the FBI and a reporter, and he was made out to be a suspect. And it, it was a travesty. That's why I used travesty, the word travesty, in my opening. He, he, it, it was terrible. The media jumped all over it. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of times you hear me say people in, in the media, they don't care about being right. 
as much as they care about being first. And that that was a typical example of it. Um, people just talk, you know, uh, they were talking out of their ass reporting on it. It was terrible. A man's life really was ruined at the time. And Richard Jewell died, I think, something like eight years later, having nothing to do with that, you know, from diabetes. But, um, well, you know what? I shouldn't say it had nothing to do with that. You never know. But I watched it. And it, the movie was just made like a year ago, 2019. And it was, uh, well, first of all, it was directed by Clint, Clint Eastwood. So you know it's going to be a good movie. But I, it reminded me of what the media can do. How vicious and one-sided and deceitful and slimy the media can be. That was a classic example. An absolute classic example. It, it, was, it was just awful. I mean, here was a guy, a legitimate guy. Legitimate guy who was a hero. And they made him out to be a suspect. And... You know, I'm just going back, folks. Watch the movie. I suggest it. If you get a chance, watch the movie. And, and believe me, this podcast is today is not about uh, doing a movie review. I'm not going to do that. Uh, and I knew a lot of this story, but it refreshed me, refreshed my mind about what went on. And then, then, then you know, after I watched it, you know, I read more to refresh myself again. But... You've heard me say this again over and over again about the media. and But it's not just the media any longer. It's society. It's social media. It's the politicians. It's everything that we deal with. If you're going to tell the story, if you want to tell the story, and if you are a journalist, it's your job to tell the story down the middle. If you're reporting on a story, it's your job to tell the truth and to look at all the angles of that story. And the reason I say to look, tell the truth and look at all the angles, in that movie, Richard Jewell, the reporter... Her name was Kathy Scruggs. And and there's been, uh, some people say she wasn't portrayed fairly, that she, you know, the movie portrayed that she slept with an FBI guy to get information. Uh, to me, we know movies and, you know, take um, <clears throat> creative licensing, whatever you want to call it. I, 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 first of all, I wouldn't care if she did that or didn't do that. Quite frankly, that'd be her own business. She gets the information, she gets the information. But that that woman, uh, Kathy Scrubs, subsequently later on, uh, early 2000, 2001, she died from an overdose of prescription pills. Now, I don't know if those 
that overdose was a suicide as a result of, you know, her reporting and all the controversies that followed afterward. Just part of the backstory. But what annoyed me was that her her contention over the criticism that she received was she was reporting what she knew to be the truth. What she knew to be the truth. This is where where I talk about slime, and that's going to lead me into today. Her report was that when it initially came out, the suspect, Richard Jewell, was indeed now becoming a suspect in the bombing by the FBI. So that's the truth. I can't argue that. That is the truth. He became a suspect. But if he became a suspect, the truth is go find out, since you're the one breaking the story, go find out all about it. Why is he a suspect? Is it fair that he's a suspect? And the truth of the matter was that everybody just wanted, they wanted him to be the guy because they wanted to be able to say, we got it right. And I'm talking about CNN. I'm talking about NBC. I'm talking about Katie Couric. I'm talking about Tom Brokaw. I'm talking about everybody. They wanted to get it right. People were running over each other. They wanted to be the first to the finish line to get all the information, get the exclusive interview with this guy, get the exclusive interview with that guy. And they all got it stuck up their ass because they were all wrong. And Jewel, Richard Jewell subsequently had settlements with CNN and NBC, I believe the New York Post, you know, a bunch of things. Actually, uh, he didn't, and I call it on a technicality, but that is the law. He didn't have any settlement. They didn't pay him uh, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which uh, initially broke the story by Kathy Scruggs because, as I said, technically they reported what they knew, that he was, Richard Jewell was a suspect. Well, okay. My estimation, that's horseshit reporting. I, I learned this a long time ago. I learned this a long time ago when I was in the business for maybe a year or two working up in Toronto. There was a basketball player, a high school basketball player who was accused of rape. Good kid. I remember the kid's name. Kid's name was Phil Dixon. He went on to play at the University of Utah for Rick Majerus. But anyway... um, And I had his coach call me. I had people from his school call me, his principal. Like, hey, this is a good kid. He's being railroaded. You know, I'm a guy at the time, my second, it was either the end of my first year, second year in a business. I'm doing sports. But... um, I said, uh, you know, so I'm getting these phone calls. And believe me, folks, I'm not making myself out to be a hero, but 
that's just how you do reporting. And, and I said, well, this is a little more serious than sports. This is a guy's life and, and quite frankly, at that time, in my estimation, a girl's life, a young woman's life. So I took the phone calls. I listened. I also met with the young man. And I told them, told the coach and the young man, all right, I'm going to go look, you know, look into this and do my digging. And believe me, I, when I met with them, I was impressed because I felt I saw a lot of sincerity. You know, and my attitude was, if they're lying, they ought to be in, in show business. Move from Toronto down to, uh, out to uh, Hollywood. But I did the investigating, did, did did the due diligence, and I had told them if you're telling me you're tell you're telling me that you're telling me the truth, so I'm going to take it for what it is. But if I find out you're lying to me, I'm going to hang you. And I I remember using those terms, and they looked at me. I said, they said you can do what you want. I said I'm telling you, if if it is that, I'm going to hang you. And I did my due diligence, and man, they were telling the truth. This kid was being railroaded. Uh, it was a scorned girl who wanted him, who was jealous. There were no tra- charges, you know, everything was dropped. And that was that. But my point was, it's a serious story. Like, I wasn't just going to say he's innocent based on them telling me he's innocent. And I wasn't going to say this is a piece of garbage because I didn't know. It's called doing your job. And that brings me to today, doing your job, doing our jobs. You know, the Brianna Taylor situation, for the upteenth time, what happened to that young woman is awful. It's a terrible, terrible story, what happened to Brianna Taylor in Louisville. Awful story. Okay? Awful story. She was killed by police fire into her apartment. But when the story came out, when the story came out, it was reported all over the place. And nobody was disputing it. It was reported all over the place, and everybody, like dominoes falling, followed with the story. Now, again, folks, listen to what I'm saying. I'm making myself perfectly clear. This was a terrible, 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 terrible story. Awful story. Young woman lost her life. 
But the way it was reported was that she was in bed, the boyfriend. Cops with the no-knock warrant. Cops barged in, rammed the door, opened fire, and she was killed. And that's all we heard. And, you know, it became part of the BLM, the Black Lives Matter uh, protests and everything else. And and they're, they're still protesting about it. And uh, she subsequently, her family in a civil suit subsequently re- received $12 million from Louisville or the state, Louis, what, 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 Kentucky, whatever it is. And then the grand jury comes out and findings are reported and we hear from the Attorney General Daniel Cameron who happens to be a black man and it didn't exactly happen that way. Regardless how it happened, it's a terrible story. But witness says there was a knock. There was an announcement that it's the police. There's no answer. They rammed the door. And the boyfriend, with his licensed gun, picked it up and shot. And shot a cop. Hit the cop in the leg. That's not the same. as the way it was reported, as the way the country jumped all over it. Because the country is in an uproar now with racial injustice and, and, you know, this is another one. We, We can jump on this one. Now, again, I'm not condoning the death of Breonna Taylor. It's a terrible, terrible story. Young woman lost her life. Feel bad for her, feel bad for her family. But the true story, certainly out of the gate, wasn't told. I'm not justifying her death. But I'm criticizing the way it was told. And it's a far, that's a far different story. Hey, if someone's shooting at me, I'm shooting back. Now, to go in and be firing six, she got hit six times. I don't know, but... All I know is if I'm a cop and my guy next to me gets shot and is down, number one, I'm probably going to crap my pants because I'm nervous. And number two, I'm coming out probably guns blazing as well. So on, on top of the media, though, running with the story the way it is, Not questioning did it really happen that way. Just, just the questioning was, uh, was the boyfriend a drug dealer? And that, that really was an old boyfriend who uh, lived there. The story was screwed up. The only thing they got right was Brianna Taylor died, and that's tragic. But let's think about that. 
But on top of the media, on top of the media, screwing it up, who else screwed it up? Our politicians. Because as we all know, hey, what are we, five weeks away from our election? The country's all hot and bothered, got their balls in an uproar over this. So they all jumped on it. I'm hearing our moron, absolutely moronic governor calling the police murderers for what they did in the Breonna Taylor situation. Mur- he used the term murders, murderers. Now, this is Governor Cuomo, who's, he- who's got his head up his ass most of the time here, who's responsible for God knows how many, six, eight, ten thousand 10,000 uh, nursing home deaths because of the coronavirus, but walks around like his shit doesn't stink. He's the governor of New York State, and he's passing judgment on what happened in Louisville and calling the police murderers. This is the same schmuck with no cash bail here in New York who, who's, who lets people out of prison. This is the same guy. He's calling the police murderers. Again, folks, that's what I'm talking about. Media goes on to social, social, the media does the story, goes on to social media, goes on to, with the politics, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. They just don't get it right. They never learn. And I've said this, I, first news, first news director that I had get into the business, I was up in Toronto, which I mentioned earlier. Guy's name was Stephen Hurlbut. I'll never forget it. And he was giving a lecture to not not a lecture. He was talking to the newsroom, and he said, "In our business, if your mother says she loves you, you gotta go check out the story." Now I'm proud to say, uh, Mama Salzburg loved me, but you know what? His point was, it's your job to check out all the details of a story. And you just don't run with it because that's the way it's reported. And the media has agendas today like you've never heard before. I don't know if I've mentioned this here before, but this is not hearsay. This is fact. A local news in New York City, Channel 4, WNBC, local news, Channel 4. Notice for a fact, when the, the rioting and the looting was going on, you know, immediately after the uh, George Floyd situation, writers were told not to use the term looting and rioting. Not to use the term looting and rioting. Writers were wondering, well, how do we tell the story of looting and rioting without using the terms looting and rioting? Is there an agenda behind the reporting? 
Hmm? Are people afraid of, quote, unquote, being on the wrong side? Then I was also told that corporate, corporate NBC has handed out, uh, I don't know if I want to call it an edict, or uh, you're no longer supposed to put pictures of suspects in stories because it's racial. Okay, so if it's if I got a pedophile living down the street, I don't care if he's white, black, if he's a Hasidic rabbi, if he's a Muslim, if whatever he or she is, I want to know what the hell they look like. But no, because that's racial. Okay. I guess if a suspect happens to be black, why is it racial? I guess, you know, anything is racial. If it's white, black, blue, or green. What kind of reporting are we getting? And then I'm watching this past Sunday, a few days ago. I'm watching Meet the Press, NBC's Meet the Press, hosted by Chuck Todd, who comes on with an agenda every time he comes on. Anyway, he's talking to U.S. Senator from New Jersey, Cory Booker. And Cory Booker is on location at a live shot, and he's being interviewed by Chuck Todd. And Cory Booker says this because I replayed it over and over to make sure I wrote exactly it down. And he basically said it not once but twice. You know, that President Trump has said that he's not going to honor the peaceful transition of power. Okay? He's not going to honor the peaceful transition of power. Chuck Todd never took him to task. Never corrected him. President Trump, whether you like it or not, whether you despise him or not, never said that. He's been asked time and time again, if you lose, will, I'm paraphrasing, will it be a, because the questions keep coming and coming every which way, will it be a smooth, will you agree to a smooth transition of power? And quite frankly, he, to me, he's answered it wrong, wrongly. He, he should say, well, I'm going to, yeah, it'll be a smooth transition of power. If I lose fair and square, if there's no skullduggery or anything going on, if he would have said that, that clarifies. But he left it open. Okay. And then later in the conversation, you know, when I say later, a couple of minutes later in the conversation, he says to uh, Chuck Todd again in making a point, I will not – he's talking about Donald Trump saying – Trump has said, I will not accept the result of the election unless I win. The president never said that. I don't care if you hate his guts, if you're the most, his most ardent enemies. He never said that. How the hell can a host of a major show on a major network, network, Let that pass, not once, but twice. 
not once, but twice. Am I nuts? I mean, that's like, whoa. If I'm the most ardent Trump hater and somebody says that to me and I'm sitting here talking to you people and you, you say that to me, it says, whoa, 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 let's correct that. I mean, we, we can't say that he said that. We might think, you might think he's a schmuck. You might think he's this and that. You might hate him. But, you know, he didn't say that. We can't insinuate that. Nothing. Zip. Not a damn thing was said. Nothing. And this shit goes on day in and day out. I mean, it's a joke. It is absolutely disgraceful. How can that be allowed? I mean, to me, if I'm the head of NBC, I haul Richard Todd, uh, excuse me, Richard Todd used to be the quarterback for the Jets many years ago following Joe Namath. I haul Chuck Todd's ass into the office and saying, what the hell are you thinking about, you schmuck? Not only do you need to fix that, you, you need to apologize. That's wrong. But. That ain't happening because everybody's got a heart on for the president. And, you know, then I saw something. Um, what the hell's her name? Joy Reid on MSNBC. She she tweeted out some stuff last week, which to me was like, hey, lady. Is your head up your ass too? Try to let me find it here. As long long as I got you, because I really thought this would. Oh yeah, here it is. Okay, Joy Reid had tweeted out. Uh, okay, now Joy Reid is on MSNBC. Okay, she tweeted out genuine question. What will be the relationship between the majority of Americans and Trumpists after this long national nightmare ends, and it will eventually end? Do people anticipate simply letting bygones be bygones with people who joined the Trump personality cult? Wait a minute. Bygones. Bygones. Who wants, I mean, the the Trump people aren't the ones, I mean, maybe let me correct myself, shouldn't generalize. But the majority of the lunacy is coming from the left, not the right. I'm called a Trumpster just because I'll defend, like, because of what I'm saying today, I guarantee you people will attack me. What tough shit. Bygones. Here's another question. If you're going to continually ask members of the media, if you're going to continually ask the president about would there be a smooth transition of power, why doesn't anybody ask Biden? Listen, Mr. Vice President, Mr. Former Vice President, Mr. Candidate for the Presidency of the United States, Why didn't somebody ask him? Because, first of all, by the way, they've asked McConnell. They've asked uh, Vice President Pence. They've asked a bunch of people, and they almost, they all, like, kind of laugh and shrug their shoulders. Yeah. 
it's always been that way. If it works out that way, yeah, there'll be a smooth transition. But why doesn't anybody ask Biden or Kamala Harris, listen, should you lose? I mean, you're not in charge of any transition because you're not be you you would have lost. But will you if you lose, will you talk to your supporters? All the protesters and rioters, will, will you talk to them about getting back to some sanity and not remaining leftist lunatics? Will you talk to them about that? But they don't ask that question. That question would not be asked. And after all, everybody on the left, you know, Antifa, BLM, all all this, yeah, it's all hunky-dory, right? I'm telling you, it's a joke. The media has become a national disgrace. A national disgrace. People don't report the truth. People report how they want to view the truth or what they want the truth to be. This is what we're dealing with in the United States of America with a very important election coming up in five weeks. It's a disgrace. Don't be fooled, people. I'm telling you, vote who you want to vote for. Which, by the way, that's another thing. Everybody's saying, you got to get out and vote. You got to get out and vote. And all the people are saying, you got to get out and vote. You you know, LeBron James, you got to get out and vote. We got to make sure people get out and vote. We got to get changed. Let me tell you something. If you think all this shit is going to go away, if you get Trump out of office, you're nuts. Because this shit will continue ad nauseum. Because that's what the media has become, sorry to say. And, folks, that's a wrap here right now. I want to thank all of you for once again getting a load of this. Now I'd like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. You can tell me on Twitter at Russ Salzberg, on Facebook. You can also uh, always check out my website, russsalzberg.com. My thanks to the lovely Ariel for setting this up for me. Does a great job, as always. My thanks to 77 WABC program director Dave Labrosi, his uh, outstanding 77 WABC assistant program director Matt Dahl, president and GM of WABC Chad Lopez, and last but certainly not least, a great big thank you to you, the people out there, because without you, the people, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to all of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Make sure you can decipher the difference from the truth and just an opinion. Talk to you next time. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. 
Save big money and start your spring project with help from Menards. We offer a huge selection of body plants, veggies, and herbs to plant at home and grow yourself. Right now, all four and a half inch body plants are on sale through May 5th. Head to the Menards Garden Center to get your garden growing and check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. 